At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. On VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Keep it rolling here on the Nightcap Hour 2. That is Sean King. I am Tim Murray. Got a good one going on in Milwaukee. 3-3, three to three, top of the ninth between the Dodgers and the Brewers. Well, enough of baseball. Let's keep it rolling. A little summer conditioning. Taking Sean back to his days when he'd have to show up in that New Orleans heat, run gassers for the green wave, yeah, man. prepared for a season. I don't know if we're running any gassers, but we're talking Titans tonight. AFC South this week. Paul Kuharski joins us right now. Check out his website, Paul Kuharski. That's K-U-H-A-R-S-K-Y.com. Also, uh, catch him on OutKick360. Paul, uh, let's start with uh, the the post-A.J. Brown era. How have the uh, receivers looked? Traylon Burks, uh, they tried to do the old uh, switcheroo like the Vikings did with uh, Stefan Diggs and Justin Jefferson a couple years back. Uh, how has life looked so far? Early, early returns. I recognize that uh, without AJ Brown. Well, boy, if it turned out like it turns out, if it turns out like it turned out for Minnesota, um, that'd be golden. Um, like you said, it's awfully early. Traylon Burks um, has had his moments, um, but it's kind of leveled off right now. Um, they really rotate their top five or six guys. Um, they didn't give them a great review coming out of the preseason opener where uh, when he did his best work to get open, he was playing with uh, um, a fellow uh, draft pick from this draft class, Malik Willis, who uh, was declining to throw the ball to the degree that Mike Vrabel pulled him um, in a in a third quarter series in the middle of the series because uh, he, he wanted him to sling it and uh, he, he was insisting on running. So not a great judgment situation for Traylon Burks. Um, you know, he looks the part at times for sure, but uh, right now if I had to estimate, I'd say he, he'd be a rotational guy on opening day, uh, probably sharing some snaps with Nick Westbrook Akine. Um, a good undrafted guy they they discovered last year who ideally would be more of a third or fourth receiver. You know, it's interesting, Paul. You probably won't get a good eval 
on Burks until middle of next season. And the reason I say that is because as prolific as that Baylor-Art Brow system has been in college, it resembles nothing of an NFL passing game. Those wide splits, they're always generally in a stack, never really having to get off of press coverage. It's a huge adjustment for receivers coming out of that system, which is why even though they've been prolific in college, you haven't seen a lot of those wide receivers go to the NFL and flourish. You know, uh, another pickup you guys had a position is Robert Woods. Did I see that he's been kind of nicked up, maybe hadn't been available for the entire training camp? If so, can you give us an update on that? No, he's been good. Uh, you know, he's coming off the ACL, suffered last year right when they uh, right when they made the trade for Odell Beckham. Um, and he's been surprisingly um, ahead of what most of us would have expected. He wore a brace through the spring and um but gradual gradual improvement has not missed a lot of time has not gotten veteran days off the way uh most guys uh his age and and recovering from an injury do uh hasn't played with the brace um hasn't uh you know when they got put on pads um and and started twisting and torquing and getting leaned on there was no setback and they didn't make it like that was a big benchmark. I think he's the clear-cut number one starting on opening day. Um, they hope he'll uh, draw some coverages um, that, that maybe will make things easier on Burks or whoever that number uh, number two and number three guys are. But uh, they were more of a three-wide team last year, which is unusual for them. They'll go back to being more of a two-tight team this year. Um because Tim Kelly's the new passing game coordinator coming from Houston. He's a too tight guy. And last year they kind of ignored the position after Johnny Smith left for new England. Uh, this year they went and got Austin Hooper, a pretty good veteran who I think could be a security blanket kind of guy for Ryan Tannehill um, and drafted uh, Chig Conquo from Maryland. Who's got pretty good speed and, and looks like he's got the capacity to be a nice uh, number two guy. Uh, Paul Kuharski here on the nightcap. You know, I like the Robert Woods edition because I think from a mentality standpoint, he fits. He's almost like a Debo Samuel player at receiver. He's willing to go block. He can run the jet sweeps. You know, he does all the little things. Uh, you did mention, though, I think the key ingredient in this puzzle as far as if it's going to work or not, and that's Ryan Tannehill. Last time we saw him on the grass, he was in the running for Cincinnati Bengals player of the game. Uh, came back from the offseason, uh, expressed that he had not been happy. He didn't spend the entire offseason on vacation. That he think he said he went in a closet or something, Paul, and kind of, uh, you know, tried to, to, you know, find the positivity in, in what was ahead. How has he looked? How is he mentally? I know – the expectation isn't that he's going to carry this offense, but in some ways, without A.J. Brown, as you mentioned, Jonu Smith, some of the familiar faces, and with Derrick Henry a year older, the workload may be more significant for Ryan Tannehill than it has been. So give us an update on your quarterback. Yeah, he got the the wound from that Cincinnati game down to a scar, you know, but admits it's always going to be with him. His last three playoff games, you know, that magical run in 2019, where they got to Kansas City in the in the AFC Championship game, um, and Henry wasn't much of a factor, and Tannehill couldn't get him over the hump. Then the entire offense was bad against Baltimore a year later here in Nashville, and Tannehill threw a bad pick at the end. And then last year, three picks, all really bad, on a day that his defense sacked Joe Burrow nine times 
Um, and, you know, Henry was just coming back from the Jones fracture in that game and he couldn't get it done. So it's fair that, uh, you know, he's been pretty good in the regular season last year, not as good, but good enough for them to be the number one seed in the AFC. They had it all laid out for them. You know, they had to beat Cincinnati at home and they would have hosted the AFC championship game. Nobody thought that they were deserving of the number one seed, all the analysts and the metrics said that they, that they weren't really the best team in the AFC. And they went out and proved that they weren't by losing, losing a game that they, they should have had based on what their defense did. Um, and so Tannehill's scarred by that. And Nashville doesn't believe in him. You know, I think in a lot of ways, this should be a pretty good football team this year. It's changed a lot. But if things go as they should, the Titans will be in the playoffs. And the Tannehill judgment really starts in January again. And can he guide them to playoff wins? You know, maybe. But can he win them four games in the playoffs in a playoff field that's going to include Mahomes and Allen and Herbert and Burrow and, you know, a long list of guys more equipped to carry their teams through long playoff runs? when he runs a uh, play-action-based, run-heavy offense that does better when he throws less. I'm hard-pressed to see it, guys. And um, I think the Titans are a pretty good regular season team with a really good coach that uh, comes up against the wall in the playoffs with Ryan Tannehill as the quarterback. Well, the fortunate thing, Paul, uh, for, for the Titans is that they have a superhero in the backfield. That is Derrick Henry. But he showed that maybe there is a little kryptonite out there because uh, he got banged up last year and the carries maybe caught up to him, led the league in carries in both 2019 and 2020, was remarkably imp- impressive in those years and was having a great year last year before he got uh, hurt and ultimately returned for the playoffs. Are these is this workload catching up on him? Uh, do you expect you know similar type of th- 25, 30 carries per game uh, type of workload for Derrick Henry this season? You know, Mike Vrabel says that that Jones fracture, which is a stress fracture from last year, wasn't a wear and tear thing. I don't really understand how a stress fracture isn't a wear and tear thing. It comes from <laughs> stress, right? Repeated use. So... I, I'm not saying – I'm not that worried about that foot. I believe it's surgically repaired well and all of that. I'm more concerned with is that the first of the injuries to come for Derrick Henry as a result of the massive use. Now, he didn't have massive use his first couple seasons. They, they, you know, he wasn't very good, and they didn't figure out how to use him for a couple of years. Um, but history shows that when you get those – massive couple of years in a row of usage you tend to start to break down from there and uh Nashville got used to the idea that he was superhuman last year um you know that proved to not be true does he suffer you know some some different injuries this year I don't think they're going to really try to reduce his usage I think they're of the the thinking that they'll worry about now now and worry about later later and they'll use him up. And if things go wrong, they proved last year, quite frankly, it sounded ridiculous when they said, we're going to stay philosophically the same without Derrick Henry. And then they had Deontay uh, Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard come in and run almost as effectively as Derrick Henry. They 
they got the yards. They just didn't get the home runs. And the Titans ran pretty damn well in the second half of the season and held on to the number one seed. So they've got some guys they think they can do that if they have to, and they'll uh, knock on wood, hand the ball to Henry, uh, let him do his thing, and hope he holds up. Paul, we got to be brief here, 15 seconds. Do the Titans win the AFC South? I think they do. I think the Colts aren't quite good enough at receiver. The same problem the Titans have. I don't think they did enough in the secondary. And I'll take Tannehill over Matt Ryan on uh, youth and mobility. He is Paul Kuharski. Great Check out his Paul. website, paulkuharski.com. Also, Outkick 360, uh, 360, that is. Paul, great stuff. We appreciate the insight. Thanks, guys. Much more on the Titans as we continue our summer conditioning next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. cash with popular picks join levi's 501 pop culture pools for free and answer questions for a shot at a share of ten thousand dollars in total cash prizes head to draftkings.com slash levi's now to get in on the action levi's buy better wear longer terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply the draftkings.com for details thanks again to paul kuharski covering the titans for quite some time at, at, at Paul Kuharski on Twitter, paulkuharski.com. So we wrapped up with his belief that the Titans will repeat Sean as AFC South winners. Now, there's a lot of folks out there that think this is a down year for the Titans, uh, thinks that, think this is the Colts year, as you see right there at DraftKings, minus 135 now for the Colts to win the division. Uh, we've been talking about at least I have, the Colts for a while. I was able to grab them at even money to win uh, the division this year. But Paul does bring up a point that you've discussed, which is, and we'll get into the Colts more in-depth later this week, but the questions that they have at the wide receiver position, are they good enough? And then I disagree, but Paul you know, said he would take Brian Tannehill over Matt Ryan. I, I would disagree with that, but I understand where he's coming from. Ryan Tannehill is younger. Matt Ryan, you know, he's getting up there in age. What is this? How is he going to fit there? So let's just start there, kind of work our way down. Do you believe that the Titans win this division? No. Do the Colts win it? 
Yes. Okay. Tennessee's in trouble. I, I just I don't like this. I mean, A.J. Brown is an elite number one. Robert Woods, to me, is more of a two. And I think he's a Swiss Army knife. Great on a team that has, like, Cooper Cup and some other options. But to go be the number one when he gets the top corner every week, it's going to be interesting. And listen, Traylon Burke's not going to be a big help this year. Yeah. Just and where just to interrupt, where I can't remember, where were you on Traylon Burks entering the draft? You were not. Yeah, that he wasn't high even up. in my yeah, he was down down on the list. Because he's athletic and he's talented, but I knew his, his adjustment period was gonna take longer. So he's not a guy that you're gonna be able to plug and play from day one. Like he's gonna have to learn alignment, stance, all kind of stuff. You know, just because that, that system that he ran in college is so different than anything else he's going to ever run. I don't love Ryan Tannehill. Now listen, I don't want my quarterback talking about he sat in a closet for the whole offseason. I'd rather he be talking about what <laughs> Rodgers is talking about, like he went somewhere and took a shot and, and had like some funky smoke blew in his face, and he was enlightened when he came back. Like Anything better than you go and sit in the closet. Like, want, my goodness, how does that Ryan rehabilitate Tannehill you? You Tannehill out there taking some psychedelics? Hey, man, I'd have been better than he was in the closet. Like, come on, man. <laughs> what you going to find in the closet but clothes? Let me and and we actually uh, that's the unfortunate part when we have these guests on we we can only talk to him for about 10 minutes and Paul was very in depth and we appreciate his uh, insights there but he said something too the third you said the city doesn't believe him. yeah oh yeah that's big city doesn't believe him and, no. and you know who, and you know who they want to see Sean they want to see they want to see the guy even though I agree with you that he's not ready but they want to see the guy who just scrambled for a touchdown in week if, one of the preseason. if I Ran the Titans. Let's just see how I took over the Titans now, because I wouldn't have drafted Malik Willis. But if I took over the Titans now, I'd you know, call my coordinator and say, we're going to have a Malik Willis package starting week one. And the idea is we know what we have in Ryan Tannehill. We understand his limitations, especially when we get in the playoffs. We've got to continue to develop Malik Willis so that he's an option for us the last quarter of the season. Now, he's a couple years away from being able to just sit in the pocket and deliver the ball all across the field. But, heck, Ryan Tannehill can't do that either. I mean, it's not like you're replacing a guy that's throwing for 4,500 yards and 30-plus touchdowns. And you obviously have seen what Tannehill does when the, the lights are bright and the stage is the biggest. So having another option there. And I think it keeps Ryan a little bit on edge, which if I had a quarterback who had Ryan Tannehill's personality, I want him on edge. Every time he saw me in the hallway, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't care if he kind of got a little agitated, because I feel like that's where you got to keep him in order for him to get better. I think he gets comfortable, and I think he's seeking comfort a lot of times in these situations, as opposed to saying, "You know what? Enough is enough. Let me go out here and prove to these people that I'm worth all this money I'm getting." The guy said he sat in the closet for a week. By the way. Is Robert Woods ready to play? Well, he said he hadn't missed anything. Like, that's what Paul his, said. That's what I know. I know. He tore his ACL in right. week 10. I know. I'll say this, though. They said Chris Godden was 707 today in Tampa. Kind of. So that's why I asked. I was like, are these you know, people, <laughs> has he missed any time? He was like, no, Adrian he's been here. Peterson has changed the game. He's like, ah, I could come back and win MVP. Cam Makers after came I... back in a week from like a. <laughs> what is. I mean, Man, what's going unbelievable. on? Unbelievable. I mean, I stubbed my toe on him out for a month. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's 
So you got. You I'm got, down on Tennessee. I'm I, not high on Tennessee. Yeah, I, I think that loss. You know, some losses are different. That weighs on them, man. I feel like that loss. It stole the excitement from the fan base. The anticipation that generally comes in an NFL city. Like as long as they see seventeen at quarterback, like there's, it's always gonna have like a ceiling on how excited they get. Sean, there was, there was, it was like this Tennessee against the world mentality because everybody, me, you, anybody who has a microphone or a pen or a computer, said this Tennessee team is fake. It's it's fraudulent. They're not the number one team, even though they're they they had the number one behind them, and Tennessee kind of. Said, yeah, you know, everyone against us. And as Paul pointed out, they went out and they proved they were frauds mm-hmm. because they played spectacularly terrible in that game. The defense played well, but I mean, Ryan Tannehill, look, you know how much crap I give Carson Wentz. I mean, Ryan Tannehill <laughs> peed even more down his leg than hey. Carson Wentz did against Jacksonville. I mean, I, I vividly remember and Car- watching. And Carson Wentz didn't get nine sacks of Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you got to put in perspective if Ryan Tannehill just throws the ball away every time. They probably win that game. So Derrick Henry intrigues me, right? By the way, it's ridiculous that he's the favorite to win comeback, comeback player of the year. Yeah. He, he came back. He played. He played in the playoff game. How can you be comeback player? I'm not a big Derrick Henry guy moving so forward. So Derrick Henry, I just want to read to you, Sean, his stats these past couple of years because it is, I mean, the workload – and, and, you know, we kind of came to the point where it was like, all right, I guess he's just going to defy all logic because usually these running backs hit a, hit a wall and fall off. 2018, 215 carries for 1,000 yards. 2019, 303 carries, 1,540 yards. 2020, 378 rushing attempts in the regular season. 2,227 yards. I mean, he was absolutely unstoppable. And then, Sean, in eight regular season games, I had to double-check this. He, he rushed 219 times in eight games last year? I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. In eight games. That means if he played, let's say he sat out week 18, he was on pace to rush for over 430 times last year. And so here's why I'm not big on Derrick Henry. That number should be going in the opposite direction, especially when a guy like Tannehill, who had growth potential, former wide receiver, hadn't been playing quarterback you know, for super long, but his carries went up because Ryan Tannehill never really was getting any better. So it wasn't like they could transition to being a team that threw the ball more. And listen, I just know – when guys like Derrick Henry to have that kind of workload, when it when it ends, it ends abruptly. He had 20 so, carries last year coming off the injury in the playoffs against the Bengals. And remember, he was bottled up in that game. This yeah. is, I, I felt like he was tiptoeing in that game. But I just I gave him the benefit of the doubt that he wasn't all the way healthy. But I didn't think he ran hard. And I th- I've seen that before in the playoffs from him. I, I'll say this. I'd rather be like Belichick when it comes to this kind of situation. I'd, I'd rather be a year early than a year late. And I think this offense has to start evolving into something that looks more like everything else in the NFL. Like the NFL right now, the teams that win championships have playmakers. Think about the last three Super Bowl victories. I mean, they got guys like Cooper Cup and, and, and 
Odell Beckham Jr., who was looking like he was going to be MVP of the game before he got hurt this past year. And the year before, it was Tampa with Mike Evans and Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin and Rob Gronkowski. And the year before, it was Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. Like The teams that are winning are the ones that have these dynamic playmakers on offense that can play the game in space and be explosive in in any moment. I I don't see that from Tennessee. I can tell you one thing right now, and maybe this is too much slander when it comes to the Tennessee Titans. They better be ready week one, man. I can tell you that. The Giants coming to town. Tyrod Taylor. Catching six and a half. Based off of win totals this year, the Titans have a top 10 difficult schedule. The Indianapolis Colts have the third easiest. That's Sean. I'm Tim. Much more on the Titans. Hasn't been really a love affair with them. Next. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN College Football Guide is out now, and our NFL Guide drops next week. Our experts provide profiles of every team with team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations. Plus, best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Remember, the only way to get access to this year's football betting guides become a VEASAN All-Access subscriber. Sign up on our discounted football special and get access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. It is the nightcap here on vcin alongside former Tampa Bay Buccaneer and Indianapolis Colt, Sean King. I am Tim Murray. and We're talking summer conditioning and the Tennessee Titans. I know, Sean, you're not a, a, a big believer in strength of schedule, but I want to point out the differences between the Titans and the Colts this year. So the Titans and the Colts in the same division, so you play the same teams, mm-hmm. right? You play the same division teams. They get the Jaguars and the Texans each twice, home and away. They obviously play each other twice. And then they both play the NFC East. They both play the AFC West. But now with the 17th game included, and Titans finishing first and the Colts finishing second, there is a big discrepancy this year between the Titans and the Colts. And another reason why I like the Colts to win this division. The Titans, week two, they have to go to Buffalo. The Colts, on the other hand, they go to New England. Most of us are down on the Patriots this year. Win total-wise, you're looking at the Bills around 11.5 or 12. The betting favorite to win the Super Bowl. And the New England Patriots are a team that is now odds-on to miss the playoffs in 2022. The Titans get the Cincinnati Bengals at home. A rematch from last year of the first round of the playoffs, or actually the divisional round. You're higher on this team than most, but the Colts get Pittsburgh Steelers at home. And then lastly, the Colts get the Minnesota Vikings on the road, but that's coming off a bye, and the Titans have to visit the Green Bay Packers. So the three different different games, in my eyes gives a slight advantage to the Colts. And I also just think the Colts are a better football team than the Tennessee Titans. The Colts are different. I think you're going to have to wait and see. 
I think Matt Ryan's a more efficient thrower of the football, but he's also a lot less athletic than Carson Wentz. So those times where Wentz would extend plays and make plays down the field, specifically to Michael Pittman Jr., you know, Ryan's more of a on-schedule type of quarterback. He's going to be in the pocket. If the ball's supposed to be on his third step, it's out. On his fifth step, he's out. Like, you know, that's where he's at. And that's not all bad, but it just goes back to what I said yesterday. When I'm watching these preseason games, like I'm just looking for little nuances that jump off the page to me. And the thing with the Colts was they got big receivers, but they're not really fast at wide receiver. They're not really athletic. I wonder, can they get a lot of separation? That's a fair criticism. Yeah. That's probably the biggest question mark I have about the Colts. And we'll get to the Colts later on this week. Um, I love Jonathan Taylor. I love Shaquille and the front seven on the defense. The offensive line is legit. Yeah, man, the man wants to be called Shaquille. That is true. Shaquille. I don't I, want him to run up on me one day in circle. <laughs> you know, I would. Whatever I say on I TV, agree. I'm gonna say in person. So I, I if would, I'm not gonna call him what I, he doesn't want to be called in person, I'm calling. I would also prefer not to be hit by uh, Shaquille Leonard. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to build bridges, oh, not dig ditches. Unbelievable. I love him. He's one of my favorite players. Taylor just made a remarkable play in center field off the bat of. And he rakes, too. Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah, I love him. Chris Taylor, that was. I think he's a free agent at the end of the year, too. My gosh. that yeah. kid, oh, He's man. one of my favorite players in wow. Major League Baseball. That was awesome. Um. Anyway, back to the Titans. Yeah. All right, I, I mean, the Colts. Get... We're at the Colts. No, no, no. We'll do the Colts. Okay. We're doing the Titans today. I, I want to read you a couple things that were pointed out. Uh, some positives and some negatives. This so, is about the Colts or the, about uh, the Titans? Titans, okay. The Titans, when they have more than seven days rest under Mike Vrabel, are 8-0. And guess what? They get the Colts off a bye. So that's a big advantage there for the Tennessee Titans. They have continued to uh, have a lot of rest. Uh, they will have a bye uh, heading into that game, so that's good. Reasons to not be so encouraged. This was uh, courtesy of Warren Sharp's website. Did you know that Ryan Tannehill, Sean, has the largest cap hit in the league this year with an increase of $27.5 million from last year? And because of that, A.J. Brown is no longer on that roster. Another reason maybe not being so encouraged. I'm a big believer in regression to the mean. If you go one and six, like Nebraska football went one and eight and they lost like every game by one. You know, are they poised to return with some positive regression? I think so. The Titans last year, six and one in games decided by less than three points. That is a hard thing, in my opinion, to sustain. Lastly, Derrick Henry, 28 years old, has the, the foot fracture. With over 1,500 carries under his belt, that's what Warren Sharp put out, Henry has shown signs of slowing down as his explosive play rate has decreased every year, dropping to 8% in 2021. So, just some uh, pros and cons when it comes to uh, the Tennessee Titans. So, real quickly, their win total has dropped now to 9. Mm-hmm. Under, overpass. I'm probably going to pass, you know, but I will say this. Sometimes losses hit different. I agree. I just think a piece of the Titans died with that loss last year. And I think what happened was something that had been underlying and an undercurrent 
is now out in the open. And that's the fact that the fan base doesn't believe in Ryan Tannehill. I think they had smothered it to an extent because it was like, he's still young enough. We added Julio Jones. We got A.J. Brown. Let's get to the playoffs and see what happens. And then for him to just, I mean, come up horse on the day of the big concert. I mean, he, he played terrible. Three picks. Lost a game at home where the defense provided nine sacks. Mm-hmm. Squandered an opportunity. If they can just win a game, they were favored to host the AFC Championship game in Nashville. See, those are the kind of losses that people don't forget. And I just feel like a piece of the Titans died. I actually think the Jaguars and Titans are going to be in the running for second place in this division. Ooh. Can we show those odds again? Because you get the Jaguars at a decent little price at DraftKings to finish second, plus 290. Yeah. Nothing too crazy, but still. I, just, I think decent. the Titans are regressing. I think when it's all said and done, them in Jacksonville are going to be close so, in the win column. would you lay a minus 120 on the Titans to miss the playoffs? I mean, you know, I don't AFC, make those kind of long. I know you do. Yeah, but. yeah. If somebody's into that kind of thing, yes. I do think the Titans missed the playoffs. I think. In the- I don't think they're going to get a hundred percent locked in Derrick Henry this year. Aaron just said there's a a Colts Jaguars one two uh, uh, projection parlay exacta. Exactly. Exactly. I had trifecta on the mind. I'm like that's <laughs> not three yeah. exacta, and it would pay seven hundred plus seven hundred. All right, quickly let's just run through. Uh, some of these player props, and maybe some unders. Derrick Henry rushing yards, 13.50, Sean. He's a monster. I go under both. That ain't a rushing touchdown. I'm just telling you, I just, it's something telling me that I just, I'm just, I don't, I don't feel like the Titans have like that underdog, us against the world. We're going to overcome feeling this year. I don't think the team does. And I feel like it manifests itself. A little selfishness starts to emerge. I mean, we can't win it. I'm not going to let them beat me up all year. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm not high on that this year. I'm really not. Traylon Burks is 10-1 to 1 to win Rookie of the Year. We, uh, we were able to... Uh, That's an underlay. We were able to find your uh, rankings. You had Traylon Burks as your fifth best receiver. Interestingly enough, ahead of Chris Olave. Yeah, I just think down the line, Burks has a higher ceiling. Mm. My only issue with Burks is, and I said this uh, when we were talking about the draft, he's not a year one plug and play guy. Well, it's going to take him some time to develop, but he has all the attributes: big, all- good run after the catch, great hands. But he got to learn how to play in a pro-style system because that's not what he played in at Arkansas. Well, as Paul Kuharski let us know, he feels like he's going to be a rotational guy. I mean, you lost A.J. Brown. Julio Jones didn't really do much last year because he was always hurt. You lost A.J. Brown. Julio wasn't hurt. Julio got to that first practice and saw Ryan Tannehill throw the ball, and he was like, nah, I'm going to say this for next year. I'm going to play with Brady. <laughs> All right. Uh, I would say the overwhelming um, thoughts on the Tennessee Titans – not all that glowing. Nope, nope, Not all nope. that glowing. Coming off that tough loss could be a regression. I'm also a believer in the Colts to win this division, a team we'll talk about later on this week. A bet that I made, a long shot bet, and I'll tell you why next right here on the Nightcap. For you. 
S-I-N.com. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare soccer prediction challenge compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of a hundred thousand dollars in total cash prizes Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken. Now to start your run at victory, Heineken, beer made better. 21 and over only, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. Just got done talking some Tennessee Titans. Um, not uh, not all that high on the Titans. So. I'm not. I, I would go under the nine. I would uh, I, I would not play it, but I would wouldn't disagree. I would if if forced to make a play on the Titans, I would lay the minus one twenty to miss the playoffs instead of the nine, just in case we got that push. Uh, but with the AFC being as stacked as it is this year, uh, a challenging schedule, and I think their division finally is kind of getting it together a little better. Like yeah. the Colts are better. Jacksonville couldn't be any worse, and they were under Urban. And say what you want, I mean, Houston, you know, was competitive last quarter of the season. You know, uh, I don't think, you know, Lovey's up for coach of the year, but with Davis Mills, you know, they're going to do what they do. You know, so I just don't know that that Tennessee's going to walk through that division. They play two teams coming off a bye this year, too, um, which is never great. Who did they lose to the Jets at home last year? Tennessee, I feel like. Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, the, there's some weird game. Jags beat the Bills. And I think year. for the first time in a long time, they're going to regress, and Tanny Hill's going to get the blame, locally and nationally. And there's going to be clamoring for uh, Malik Willis. That's right. Um, well, Malik Willis was a third-round pick, and another gentleman that went in the third round um, led to me making a little wager. So what have I said about the Washington Commanders and the decision oh, to draft Brian Robinson in the third round? What, you, what have I said? You like it. You I said you don't love the other two guys. They drafted him for a reason. You think one's hurt and one fumbles? Well, I don't think one fumbles. <laughs> one does fumble, and that would be Antonio Gibson, who I really like coming out of Memphis. But remember, Sean, he's not a running back by trade. He was a wide receiver right. at Memphis. He's very talented. 
But this was pretty alarming today from Sam Fortier, who is a reporter uh, for the Washington Post. He said, during the 130 drill, Antonio Gibson is running with the third-team offense. This the period after Gibson was blocking on the punt team. Ron Rivera sending a message. These were also quotes from... This was a quote from Scott Turner, offensive coordinator, about Antonio Gibson's fumbling issues today. Quote, you can't waste a possession. If you fumble the ball, that's a waste of a possession. The first job is to protect the ball. It's something that has to be fixed. Ron Rivera also, after their preseason game, in which, what did Antonio Gibson do? (laughs) He fumbled. (laughs) said Antonio Gibson gets himself into trouble by too much stutter stepping. However, he did like how he ran after he turned from the fumble. Antonio Gibson led the NFL in rushing fumbles and rushes per fumble. They all came on early downs. He has a fumble. This is, folks, a super long shot. This isn't a lock. This is a dart at the dartboard. But I took a 125 to 1 shot on Brian <laughs> Robinson Jr. He's 100 to 1 at DraftKings. It is still available. We checked before the show on Brian Robinson at BetMGM. He's 100 to 1 at DraftKings, 100 to 1 at Westgate, actually 50 to 1 here at Circa. So it's an incredibly long shot. But there was a reason the Washington Commanders selected a veteran running back out of Alabama in the third round. Seemed like a little bit of a reach to get him there, but he's a stable guy. He can... Doesn't fumble. Doesn't fumble. Uh, he runs with some extreme power, as as was shown off in the semifinal against Cincinnati. He doesn't have a ton of wear and tear because there were a ton of big-time backs in front of him. And the last thing I'll say, Sean, about this, Brian Robinson was actually drafted higher than Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson was a fourth-round pick. The Washington Commanders felt highly enough of Brian Robinson Jr. to select him in the third round. This is a team, if you look at what they did in the draft this year, that truly believes they are pieces away from making the playoffs. Jahan Dotson in the first round. Fedarian Mathis, maybe a bit of a reach, but a guy that brings depth to the defensive line, Brian Robinson Jr. in the third round. All big-time college programs, all older players, maybe not incredibly high-ceiling players, maybe Jahan Dotson is, but those two, what's, they can contribute right now. What's the running back that uh, we thought was going to Buffalo to stay? J.D. McKissick. J.D. McKissick. <laughs> He's that, more of a third-down catcher. I, I know. I just, that was what was scare me about. And listen, you took a flyer. Like oh, you this said. is a yeah. complete, but this yeah. is a flyer. Because I do think Brian is going to contribute. I just think it's going to get watered down from a total production standpoint. Because they're not going to give up Antonio. They're not going to give up on Antonio Gibson. Any punishment that's sent his way is to try and get him to fix a fixable problem. Teaching a guy how to take care of the football is something that doesn't take talent. It just takes it being a priority. And you have to believe that at some point he'll fix it. Remember Tiki Barber. Mm-hmm. you know, fumbled, and then all of a sudden he came back, you know, running with the ball tucked in an upright, you know, uh, eagle claw, you know, type of technique, and he didn't fumble anymore. So that's a fixable thing. And then J.D.'s going to get his touches. 
I just wonder, will Brian get enough total touches? I think there'll be situations, you know, in week three, Gibson fumbles. So in week four, they start Brian Robinson and he has, but you're going to always go back to Gibson. I just wonder if he'll get enough touches this year. But I do like him. I think he does have a major role to play there. And when you're with the potential MVP at quarterback in Carson Wentz, I mean. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> going to elevate the play of everybody else. <laughs> Uh, I thought I thought the potential rookie of the year. Someone asked me if I took a flyer on Sam Howell to win rookie of the year. I don't know if it's possible, I may. Sean. How can you win offensive rookie of the year with a quarterback and the quarterback well, win MVP? If, if Wentz sprains the ankle or something. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, look, like I said, it's a complete shot in the dark. It's, it's a good one, though. It's 125 to 1. It's no different than me taking the Reds no, to this, win the NL Central. This one has a better chance because he could start. Mm-hmm. The Reds could have figured out how to close out some games that had to lead. I might be sitting here with a live ticket. I mean, look, Antonio Gibson ran for over a thousand yards last year. Yeah, uh, Scott like, Turner, you, you're they, talking about they, it like they, he's chopped liver. No, yeah, no, like he's not. He's got one but, fatal flaw. But that's a pretty important fatal flaw. But flaw. it's a fixable, and it's one that history has said can be fixed if give if if made a priority. I, you know, for the Tiki com- Barber is the perfect example. for the commander's sake. I hope. I mean, look, today was clearly a message being sent to him, putting him on teams, putting him on third team. You know, calling him out. What in the year media. is this for Gibson? Third. So he hadn't gotten his second deal. Mm-mm. Yeah. See, if I was his coach, ah, but I mean, I'm an elite coach. I'm a motivator. I know how to get guys blood boiling. Was this what something you do? Yeah. You remember when you, you ever seen the movie Lean on Me? No. You know when. Principal took him up to the roof. I, I didn't. And he see told him to jump off the roof. I didn't see the movie. So oh yeah, no. see he caught him doing drugs. They jump. You trying to kill yourself? Jump. <laughs> yeah. So I, I had that kind of moment with, with Gibson. Fred Sanford of Lamar. You big dummy. I just showed him like the average, of the top five running backs in the NFL and what they're making. So as a, and like as every a, time you carry this football, I want you to think about the average number. This at stake. If you can do one thing at an elite level, you're going to get paid what these top five guys are, the average of their deals. He needs Denzel Washington, Herman Boone to come out. Hey, man. Fumble my football? I get him run right. a mile. I get him right. I get him right. So he can't do that anymore. I can't run a wild mile. I need him to run. So I can't put out that wear and tear on him and then think I'm going to get, you know. Why are you fumbling my football? Nah, just put that money out there. Show him, hey, man. Thanks, serious. I mean, you would have thought he would have got the message when they drafted a dude in the third round. But you always draft running backs. I mean, that's a room. In the third round? Yeah, that's a room where you're used to seeing four or five guys, all with value. In the third round, Sean? That's a high selection. First round, I get worried. Third round, I get worried. Like, if I was Michael, One, two, if I was Michael Carter with the Jets and they went on and got Brees Hall a year after oh, getting yeah. me, and I'd be like, yeah. what, what dog, coach? When we got some other issues on this team? <laughs> I didn't think running back was one of them, but I guess I was wrong. <laughs> so you, as Captain Commander, yeah, is this, uh, does this make you a little worrisome? Not at all. I wouldn't say that the, the offseason hasn't been stellar. I would be worried if I would fans. be worried if Washington had nothing negative coming out of there. All positive. Yeah, this is their safe zone. When well, when when all the information is I'm, bad, I'm just worried that you know. I don't know if they could function if it wasn't. How critical was this of Antonio Gibson though? Because I don't want the team president, you know, tweeting us and calling us unprofessional. Tell him how let me. I, I I just I don't want to be worried about you know being called out because that's what they tend to do there in Washington. It's the nightcap here on BC.
regular season football is just around the corner. The VEASAN team has been prepping all summer for this. Whether you're betting on futures, looking for contest strategy, or building your own power ratings, VEASAN has everything you need. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare